This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, Steeler Nation, and welcome to your SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and we have probably the biggest news in recent Steeler history, uh, the possible loss of franchise quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he went down with an elbow injury. He is getting surgery. He is out for the season. He is on IR. And that is probably the biggest blow you could have for any football team, let alone the Steelers is to lose your franchise quarterback, not only your franchise quarterback, but your two-time Super Bowl winning future Hall of Fame quarterback, which is a big, big, big loss. Most teams that have that happen during a season, they burst into flames, they don't recover. It's difficult to come back from uh, a loss of that kind of caliber. However, Steelers have a backup this year who's worked his way up through the ranks and Mason Rudolph. And this was the first year entering into the season where I was telling my mates and my fellow Steeler Nationers that, look, I'm not wary this year. If something were to happen to Ben and he was to go down for a few weeks, I am more confident in Mason Rudolph than I am in any other quarterback since we used to have a backup named Ben Roethlisberger backing up Tommy Maddox. And I seriously felt that. I, I've seen Rudolph grow in his first year. He did really well, so well, in fact, that the Steelers had to make Landry Jones leave the team because they wanted to keep the youth in both Dobbs and Mason. They ended up using um, what they've built with Dobbs to get a draft pick out of that, a fourth rounder. And now they have Derek Mason because Derek Mason – Sorry, not Derek Mason, because Mason Rudolph won the job. He won the job outright this year. It was not as close as indicated. Dobbs kind of took a step backward in his performance this preseason as opposed to this preseason before where he literally beat out Landry Jones and earned the backup spot position. But this year, I mean, Mason Rudolph was just showing how much poise he has in the pocket. He's able to read the offense, and the offense hasn't changed much, too, when he gets into the game. Um, another thing about Ben Roethlisberger, when you're watching him and, and, you know, as I have, and I take track of the injuries every year is when Ben Roethlisberger misses a practice on a Wednesday, he's hurt or he's dealing with something. He's banged up. He's not hurt, hurt, but he's dealing with something. He's got injuries. And that's, a, that's been a, a big thing that the Steelers have always talked about. Hey, Ben misses a lot of practices. Ben misses a lot of practices. Yeah, but he doesn't miss a whole lot of games and he is a vet. And he does play with a lot of bumps and bruises and, and you know, minor injuries. So in this case, he did miss, he did not miss uh, Wednesday practice the first week of the season. He did after the Patriots game going into the Seattle game. 
he missed Wednesday practice, so evidently his elbow was bothering him then. Um, once he got into the game playing, I guess it finally ruptured, and now we're at the point where you know, he can't play. Now, this isn't something that I would have foreseen of like being on the coaching staff or the trainers for doing something that was going to get him injured. This is just one of those occurrences that happens over time. And after a while, it's going to just break down and go out on its own if he has that uh, inner uh, elbow problem. And um, and that's what happened. They kind of like, you know, a, like a timing belt going in a car. Eventually, if you don't, you know, maintain your car, you don't replace it. You know, it's it's going to it's going to it's going to break. It's not like you can replace it in a human arm. You just have to wait for it to break. And uh, it looked like it did. So he's out. Um, a small flash of good news reported by uh, Mike Pouncey stating or sorry, by Mar by Marquise Pouncey stating that um, he'll be back or he's trying to get back for OTAs next year in May. So that would be a big boon. And that would be nice to see if he can make it back for that. Um, but you know, I'm wishing him more than speedy recovery and all the health and, and prayers go out to him and his family because nothing's harder than running the ship, getting to the point of starting more, or playing in more games than any Steeler in history. And now for the first time in his career, he has to sit on the bench for the entire season. He knows he's done. He knows the Steelers are going on without him this year. But like I said, even in the game, I was, I was excited to see what Mason Rudolph could do. He did not let me down at all. He had two touchdowns. The interception he threw, uh, unfortunately, he decided to throw it to Moncrief's hands uh, because that tends to not be a good spot to throw the ball nowadays. It deflected off his hands, went to the opposing defense, and they intercepted it, took that drive down, and took the lead. And once that lead was taken, the Steelers really never got back in the game. Though were, there were some odd plays that did happen during the game that they did have a chance to come back to win on one of them being um I think uh Dan um McCullers was uh hit a hands to the face or or hit the the long snapper on the field goal try and they ended up getting a first down off of that made field goal and turned that into a touchdown and uh <clears throat> one of the things I was actually at the game um, so I noticed something that I saw a flag on the ground. I'm like, great. Steelers are going to get a benefit out of this flag because I saw zeros on the clock before the, the ball was snapped for the field goal. I thought for sure that was going to be a delay of game, but no, they saw the, uh, hands to the, to the, to the head, I guess, of, um, of Dan Colors, and the rest was history. They, they went up by a, by a score then, but Mason charged down the field. They got a nice touchdown to, to Vance McDonald on what looked like a a broken play. I mean, some people list it as a tight end screen. It didn't look like a legit tight end screen. Um, it looked like it was kind of broken down a little bit, and he had no blockers out in front. But Vance did make the play and dove nicely into the end zone to get that score. Uh, so I was always happy to see Vance when he's, he's able to get the ball in his hands and get him moving because that's a tough guy to stop once he's on a move. Um, and then the second touchdown, the play action after the uh, turnover by, fortunately, that we got by Bush. And... Uh, Watt punched the ball out, Bush recovered it, ran it back down close, and then, you know, that play-action pass on the first down was was just money. That was a, a great play, a great sell, something we should see more of because I know there has to be more of a commitment to the running game. Um, also looking to see, hopefully, Washington, uh, his numbers are probably going to go up because he's back with his college quarterback again. And when they're playing in the preseason, he always gets some targets. So, so he's going to probably have some good games here coming up in the future. 
and you know the rest of the defense I mean to it killed it what an awesome game I mean this is completely unlike the New England Patriots game where I had nothing really good to say about the team at all but this time it's like to it two and a half sacks man that was a monster game from to it and even on the sack that uh, Watt got on the replay I noticed that to it was around his ankle so to it was having no problem getting into the quarterback there in the first uh the first half of the game, they made some really nice adjustments and gave Wilson much more time in the second half. Um, so that was unfortunate that they couldn't get the pressure in the second half that they did in the first half. But still, <clears throat> that that attitude and that pressure alone was enough to really make it a, a remarkable game. And still, the game still came down. You Hey, you lose your starting um, quarterback. You lose your starting free safety and Sean Davis, who hurt his uh, shoulder. He's also on IR now and out for the year. Um, but you're still able to make that a game. You got the you score late off of a turnover. You have a chance to stop Seattle on fourth down. Didn't get it done. You're only down by two points. If they would have stopped them on fourth down there, they only have you're, you're on the 35 yard line and you need three points to win with two minutes. I mean, that would have been something I really would have liked to see Mason Rudolph accomplish. It didn't happen. Obviously, games ended, two point loss. But hey, there's some positives. This time there's some positives. So I am looking forward to see Mason Rudolph continue. This is kind of eerily similar to when Ben Roethlisberger started his first game. Um, I remember Maddox won the first game of the season. They were playing the Ravens the second game of the season. And Maddox went down early with an injury. Ben came in, made the game competitive at the end of that game as well. They didn't win it, uh, but then they went on to win the next 14 straight games regular season games with Ben Roethlisberger at the helm. So in a similar situation, you know, Maddox went down with an elbow injury. Ben goes down with an elbow injury. You know, Ben made that game competitive. Mason made his game competitive. Not saying he's going to rip off the next 13 wins, but (laughs) it would be nice to see. But uh, there are 14 wins, I guess, at this point. Yeah, because we'd be 14 and two. But, you know, at this point, if they're – it was 14 wins. Actually, Ben got 14 wins, not 13 wins, because they were 1-1, one and one, and they were 15-1 they were and one at the end of that year. So, yeah, so it would be 14 straight wins. If Mason can do the same thing, I'm not, I'm not betting he's going to do that at, at, at any chance, but I am excited to see how he starts to perform, and I'm not worried about Mason like I would be for other quarterbacks coming into this game. Also, I mentioned earlier, and, and, and even earlier than that, I mean, I remember when... Jeez, Terry Bradshaw went down with an elbow injury as well. And uh, so elbow injuries tend to be the the killers for the Steeler Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And um, so we'll, we'll see how this one turns out. But as I mentioned before with uh, Sean Davis, um, him going out made the Steelers kind of make a move that is outside of what the Steelers do. The Steelers never usually give up a first-round draft pick. That's gold for Steelers. You just lost your starting quarterback for the season. So usually that's going to mean a bad season, you know, four or five wins, under six. Steelers must really like Mason. They also must really like Minka Fitzpatrick because he does help he, I think probably the biggest reason for picking up Minka Fitzpatrick was Sean Davis going down. Since they lost their starting song, strong safety, 
uh, you know, Cameron Kelly, he's, he's not, he's not, he's not going to be the full-time replacement. He's, I think he's a good spot replacement player. I think he's good in the, in extra defensive back settings, but to be, have to be forced to be the guy all season. I don't know if he's ready for that, but the Steelers don't think he was ready for that. And they went out and got Minka Fitzpatrick and it was a, a, a big coup to tell you the truth. And though they did give up a first round draft pick, they did a lot of exchanges in that, in that whole trade uh, to make it worthwhile, I suppose for them and the, the dolphins because uh, Pittsburgh got two draft picks out of it as well. They get a fourth rounder in next year's draft and a seventh rounder in the 2001 draft. While as the Miami gets Pittsburgh's first rounder next year, they also get they traded fifth rounder for the fourth rounder. So Miami gets the fifth rounder. So Steelers actually got the benefit of that draft uh, pick exchange. But then they um, gave up their sixth in 2001. So they moved back from six to seven in 2001, but move up from five to four in 2000. So, you know, that's a that's a mild win for the Steelers. Um, but giving up that first round draft pick is going to be. We have to look and see what that's going to turn into. If Mason, if, if Mason Rudolph comes in and starts lighting it up and doing really well, um, possessing the ball, low turnovers, defense improves, they're going to win some games. Um, if they can get in the top half of the season of the of the record wise, if they're over five hundred at the end of the year or at five hundred, that's you know that's kind of a push uh, for the first round draft pick. If they can get. A winning record, compete for the for the division, and make it to the playoffs. That's a coup. That's actually really worth it because late in the first round, you would not be picking with your first pick somebody of the caliber of Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, so if you're in the losing side, yeah, you can get some really good players top half of the draft for first fifteen round, first fifteen selections, but. You know, bottom 15, you're like everybody else trying to throw darts at a board, trying to find people to fit your scheme, but you're getting athletic people. So we'll see how it turns out. I'm excited to see what Minka can do on the field. Uh, I'm excited to see how the Steelers are going to use him because he's very position flexible in the defense. He can play uh, corner. He can play slot corner. He can play safety. He can play free safety. He's not afraid to bang and come down off of uh, pass plays and, and make tackles on the run. Um, and he, his highlights have shown that, and that's even when he's working the, the uh, cornerback on the, on the, uh, on the edge, he will leave his receiver and come up and bang that running back or that short pass hard. He will go through blockers to get the, stop that, uh, wide receiver screen passes on the edge. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to be doing in the game and he's going to be thrown right into it out in the West coast. And that's going to be a tough, tough, tough matchup for the Steelers. Usually, you know, Steelers are ready for games. They're, you know, well coached. They know what their jobs and responsibilities are supposed to be, especially for next man up. But they don't do well on the West Coast. They don't do well traveling out to Oakland. They don't do well traveling to Seattle, traveling to San Francisco, traveling to San Diego. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the reason would be for the prep and not being able to, um, it's to drop games to, you know, teams that are bad on the West Coast. Um, Oakland included, San Francisco when they were bad. Um, but this is going to have to be a game where, you know, everything's against the Steelers. It's like, hey, you know, you lost your starting quarterback. You're playing on the West Coast. You never went on the West Coast. You've got, you know, seven-point underdog to San Francisco, who's 2-0 and with Garoppolo. 
and he's a good quarterback, man. Is he? He's doing well out there, and he's healthy this year. And when he's healthy, he's tough to beat. Everything looks against the Steelers, but I'll tell you one thing as a Steeler fan. When everything looks its worst and the Steelers don't have a chance, that's generally when they make a gutsy win and they fight for a gutsy win because they know the season now is on them. They don't have Ben anymore. Ben's not going to carry this team through the season. It's it's done. He's not going to be the guy. Um, you got Mason in there who's a good, talented quarterback, but he's not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not. Your defense has to step up now. Running game, you have to step up now. Offensive line, you have to step up now. Everybody knows it's on you now. No more, you know, playing in the sun with the top quarterback. It's now now a full team effort it's going to take to win every game this season. And we're starting to get the turnovers now on defense. So we got some we got two more fumbles in this past game. Um great force fumble by uh by um uh, by Watts. Um and both of them turned into touchdowns. That's a, that's a big thing. So now we're getting turnovers are turning into touchdowns for a team that could not get turnovers year after year after year these previous like 3 or 4 years. Couldn't buy a turnover, couldn't buy an interception. Now starting to get turnovers. Still haven't gotten an interception yet, but I think it's coming. Uh, especially with the pressure that we're getting up front with Tuit with with you know Hargrave with uh, Hayward and, and the linebackers, Watts getting pressure. Hopefully, Dupree can get a little bit more pressure. But um, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's it's going to be it's going to be feast or feast, in my opinion, coming up because these guys are looking for the ball this season. There, it's a it's a and that you have to in the NFL now because the NFL is made to score. It's made to move the ball up and down the field on offense. The best way to stop them in the red zone, limit points, field goals instead of touchdowns, or get the ball back. That's how you're winning big games. Teams with big turnover ratios win Super Bowls, make it to the playoffs. The reason why the Steelers did not make the playoffs last year, top 10 in both offense and defense, turnovers. They were bottom. They're in the bottom 30th, I think, in turnover ratio. Couldn't buy a turnover. Ben would throw an interception. He either threw his most interceptions, led the league in interceptions last year. So when you're giving teams extra possessions, it's tough to win a ball game. And that's how they lost down the stretch. They're playing well on offense, but those big turnovers at the end of games and, and big situations de derails the game and derails your chances to make the playoffs. And that's what happened. This year, it's injuries. Uh, Steelers have been you know fairly injury-free from starters and, and had very... Very good luck with the injury bug the last couple years. I mean, nobody big was going down to a major injury for any significant amounts of time. This year, week two, bam, starting quarterback, starting strong safe or starting free safety, and that's those are uh, two big shoes to fill. One on offense, one on defense. Mason's got to fill one. Minka Fitzpatrick's got to fill the other. You know, it's interesting time to be a Steeler fan. Now we get to see what they can do. I'm excited for it. Hopefully they can do pretty well. I want to talk a little bit, too, about a former Steeler, Antonio Brown, yet again, because I love talking about him. I don't love talking about him. It's just so much nicer that he's not on our team anymore. So any negative things that come out about this guy is, hey, now it goes to the Patriots. You're welcome. Take it. But <clears throat> so, Ben, this this week, 
for AB in the uh, in the news for AB, the person that accused him of uh, rape and sexual assaults met with the NFL this week, and they met for ten hours. Ten hours. I, I've read the article. I've I've read the police report. I think you'd be able to move through that fairly quickly. Ten hours is a significant amount of time. Obviously, this isn't just a straight, this is what happened, this is it, bam, bam, leave. This is lots and lots of information gained so the NFL can continue to interview and investigate other people in the in or outside the NFL, but definitely around Antonio Brown's circle. Um, that's horrible news for Antonio Brown. I, it, this is akin to when somebody throws a replay flag against your team. Referees go and and they check check the uh, check the replay. If they come out quick, you know the play's going to stand. You know it's it's quick. Hey, no no harm, no foul. We checked it out. It's going to stand. If they're in there for a long time, as a fan, you start to get a little scutchy in your seat moving back and forth a little bit because the longer it takes it means up oh, something's up here we see something up oh, what was the time on the clock what was the yard marker where were we on this play because they have to get all that information that takes a whole lot longer than going yep that's it so that's what's going on in the nfl right now they're going hey there's something here we got to get a lot of information we got to get more information we got to get more information 10 hours later they have the information that they need to pursue more investigations. I wouldn't say that that's a good look for Antonio Brown. It's not a positive. Also, Sports Illustrated article just released this week as well, and that is definitely a negative on Antonio Brown. And I'm just floored by how this stuff hasn't come out. I mean... Every once in a while, you get a rumbling. I knew some people that worked with Antonio Brown. Hey, he won't show up to things. Uh, or he said he was going to be here, didn't show up. We stood there standing for three hours. He just wouldn't respond. You know, you're just like, okay, that happens. Uh, maybe he's busy. What's he doing? But he does it to everybody. And they, in the, sport, in, in the uh, Sports Illustrated article, time after time after time, he is holding up hardworking, blue-collar people, not paying them. You're a chef. You come in and cook for me for the Pro Bowl. You cook for 25 of my closest friends at my party. Stiffed them. 35 grand. You got an artist coming in to, to do paintings. Hey, I, I want to buy that that painting for 700 bucks that I see that you painted. It's amazing. Um, sure, sure. It's it's yours. It's, it goes to a child's charity. Great, great. I'll go. You know, I'm good for it. And uh, hey, why don't you come over to my place and I'll pay you to to paint a, mur a mural for me. Okay, sure, great. And they transport him out to the home, and, and, and she's out there painting, and by day two, he comes out naked. She obviously rebuffed it, kept painting. He didn't like that, and next day she's done. And still hasn't paid her for the paintings, and, uh, you know, that's, that's 700 bucks that, that should be going to a, a, you know, a, a child's black charity. And Antonio Brown doesn't think that's worth it and I think that's that's horrific. That's something that you just can't do. You can't do as a role model. <clears throat> but even that, even with that, I mean, you've got him going to a doctor's office, he's getting checked out for his his body fat and he's farting in a doctor's face. 
I mean, it's a little juvenile. It's more of like a, hey, look, but, but you know, yeah, it's fun to laugh at. It's fun to laugh about, but it just shows what the kind of guy he is. I mean, he, he demands respect from everyone and shows respect to no one. And this is a, this is a, a, a tough personality to deal with. And when things go well, things are fine. When things don't go well, they go pretty badly. And um, so you, you've also got other things listed in this police report stating a lot of about um, domestic disputes involving his the mothers of his children. And I say mothers plural um, because he has multiple children with with, with different children with different wives or different mothers. So, you know, not a, that's not a negative. The thing is, just how he's treating them is the negative. You know, you can't, you can't shut down and be aggressive to people that are taking care of your children. And, you know, it, it's, he helps to cultivate that family relationship, kind of like the one he got from his own father that wasn't there for him. Hey, he's not there for his kids now, depending on which mother he's with. You know, it makes a difficult situation, and it's tougher on the kids. And I, I, I pray for the kids, because that's not the type of thing you want to live through as a kid. So, it's come back around, full circle. Another girl comes out and accuses Ben, or, or Abe. Why do I keep saying that? Another girl comes out and accuses AB for sexual misconduct. AB starts destroying her on text messages. That was probably the dumbest move he could have made. Because now there is public record of him acknowledging and abusively talking to someone that's accusing him of something. And that is also known as conduct detrimental to the league. And that goes against league policy. So is this the point now where Roger Goodell finally has to stand up to his best friends in, in New England and say, hey, guys, Antonio Brown's got to sit for a bit until we figure this stuff out? I'd love to hear that. I'd be happy as hell to hear that. We'll have to wait on Roger. It'd be a tough sell for him to, to say something negative to his buddy Kraft. But, you know, stranger things have happened. But I'll tell you one thing, Antonio Brown, man, he's made the bed that he's sitting in. It seems like this probably won't be the last time he has a problem with anyone because you don't get better once you start becoming a diva until you're out of money. And that's not going to happen anytime soon. So we'll have to see how this situation continues to evolve. And But right now this week, so far, he's still supposed to be playing. I know it's already starting to get under the skin of Bill Belichick. He doesn't like to answer questions about Antonio Brown, and he's going to keep getting questions about Antonio Brown until Antonio Brown either leaves the team or stops being Antonio Brown, which isn't going to happen. So that's all you're going to get out of that. But that's all I want to say about Antonio Brown. You know, moving back to the San Francisco game, they've got a lot of good players. They had, they had a heck of a game, too. In San Francisco, they slaughtered the Bengals last week, 41-17. to Game wasn't, I mean, it was kind of close in the first quarter, 14-7, to and then bam, they were done. So, Garoppolo, 17 for 25, nearly 300 yards, 296 to be exact, three touchdowns and an interception. Good game out of him. They have 
my gosh. Their rushing game absolutely killed that game. I mean, they got Matt Breda with 121 yards. And Raheem with 83. That's a ton of yards. That's 200 yards on the ground out of two people. Another 34 yards by Jeff Wilson on 10 rushes. I mean, this is this is tough stuff. I mean, they look like they had a complete game, both offense, both with passing and rushing. Um, Samuel led the receivers with 86 yards. Goodwin had 77, had a good game. And Raheem also had 68 yards um, receiving to go with his, his rushing. So he was up over 100 yards total for the game. So that's pretty, pretty impressive stuff coming out from them. Uh, they picked off Dalton once, Quan Alexander with a pick. With a pick. Um, Reed played well. He had two passes defensed, as well as Witherspoon. Um, on defensively, not a whole lot of guys racked up big numbers and tackles, but you know Ronald Blair had a great game. He had three. He had a sack and three tackles for losses. Um, and that's tackle for a loss should be a stat everywhere in the NFL. I mean, it's it's bigger in college. Like I've said before, but in the NFL, the tackle for a loss should definitely be a, a stat that defense defensive players start to hang on their hats because it's big to have to lose yardage on a play. They had four sacks on the game. I mentioned Blair had one. You know, Armstead had one. Thomas had one. So they and uh, Buckner had one. So they spread it out. It's not just one guy coming in like it like two it did last week, but they they're coming from multiple places and they're getting sacks consistently on defense. So they're going to be a much tougher team than the Steelers have faced as far as for a pass rush for anybody else so far this season, uh, especially with a new quarterback in there. It's not the best matchup for the Steelers, but hopefully the game plan will be a little bit better for him to you know hopefully get the ball out quickly and take what they give you. Because that's one thing that Mason Rudolph is good at. He's good at taking what they give you, and he's also mindful on who's open downfield. That guy can do both. He's also, one other thing I want to say about Mason Rudolph before I leave today is how good he is in the pocket. He is very pocket mobile, much like Ben Roethlisberger. He feels the pressure. He moves in the pocket. He still keeps his eyes downfield and delivers the ball accurately. That is something that is needed in the NFL. You just can't stand in one place and deliver the ball like a... Well, Tom Brady can do it still, but like like a Peyton Manning used to, or like a Dan Marino. Those, those guys didn't like to move a whole hell of a lot. But, you know, Mason can at least throw on the run like Ben could throw on the run. So it, it, I'm not I'm, – I'm interested to see if his feet can help to defray some of this pass rush from San Francisco. I'm seeing a close game this week. I really am. I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Who's with me? I'll still be rooting for him. We got to be winning one. Looking forward to the first one of the season. Hopefully it'll be in San Francisco. Well, that's all I have time for today. Steeler Nation, thanks a lot for joining me. I am G Stryker here with Stoney's Brewing Sponsored Podcast for SteelerNation.com. Come on over to SteelerNation.com and read our articles. I always do an article each week on the predicting the inactive list. Uh, also do as the game turns, selecting a play where the game turned. Last week I didn't have time to do one. Obviously the play this past week would have been the interception thrown through Moncrief's hands. That was the game 
turning play this past week because it went from the Steelers having possession, trying to extend their score, all of a sudden Seattle gets the ball back, score a touchdown, take the lead, never relinquish the, re- the lead the rest of the game. So that was my turn as the game turns play of the game. Thanks, Moncrief. And that's all the time we have. Come on over, check us out on Instagram at SteelerNation.com or Twitter at SteelerNation. IMG Striker, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers!